Mark, I'm only doing this if you give me elevator music like last time. <laughs> oh my God, this is like drama class. Is it on? Look, I'm going to uh, shirt front, Mr. Putin. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. No, wait, it, it is on? Uh, you bet you are. Uh, you bet I am. I don't like it. Oh, fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. Well, may we say God save the Queen. Because nothing will save the Governor General. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Is It On podcast. I'm Mark Stefano. Because there's actually just too much to talk about and currently Alice is somewhere in the French countryside, we decided this week we're going to corral our star reporter, Lane Sainty, who's sitting across from me for a limited edition Fast Five version of the podcast to get everyone through the long slog of winter. Hello, Lane. How are you? Hello, Mark. I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> well, let's get straight to it. Lane, we don't have very long. Um, we don't have a studio for, for all that long. So let's get down to business. What is on the agenda this week for our Fast Five? What's the first thing you want to talk about? Well, guess what's back in the news, Mark? <laughs> uh, you just sound so excited. I can only imagine that it's got something, uh, something to do with uh, unions. You won't believe what's back in the news. <laughs> it's same-sex marriage. <laughs> How is it back in the news? Well, on Sunday, Liberal Senator Dean Smith, uh, who you might remember from the penultimate edition of the podcast, announced um, that he's been working on a same-sex marriage bill that he's planning to take to the party room. And there's been rumblings about such a bill for for some time, but this is the first time in this parliament a Liberal's actually stood up and said, yep, it's happening, I'm working on a bill, I'm going to bring it forward. Um, so Smith told the Perth newspaper, the Sunday Times, that he'd be bringing the bill to the party room in the near future and pushing for a vote before the end of the year. And so when he takes that bill to the party room, it could force the coalition to reconsider their policy of a plebiscite, that there is a handful of MPs who have publicly said, you know, it's time to, to look past this and, and hold a free vote. Or it could, and, and this is arguably the more likely scenario, just be discussed and decided that, no, sorry, uh, Senator Smith, we're sticking to the plebiscite. Good luck. Um, and so if that happens, the only way same-sex marriage could be legalised in this term of government is if a bunch of government MPs cross the floor and vote against the government on this issue with Labor and crossbenchers. And you can read a full explainer on exactly how that would happen in terms of numbers and parliamentary procedure on buzzfeed.com. Okay, so number two on the Fast Five is something um, I wrote about earlier this week. I want to talk about um, what in my mind is one of the most uh, important TV platforms in this country, especially when it comes to politics, which is Sky News. Now, you've got people like Paul Murray, who is a former commercial radio host, who has been brought onto Sky News in the last couple of years and now takes on two hours of programming every single night. His show is the top-rating show on the channel, and it just has these constant segments of talkback dominated by right-wing voices and just all of this panel talk. So Murray went off at Christopher Pine recently, calling him an arsehole and a wanker. He also referred to Pauline Hanson in an interview as Queen of the Revolution. But then you've also got, you've got Murray on one hand, but then you've got people like Andrew Bolt, who I'm sure our audience knows is pretty unabashed conservative. Um, And recently his role in coordinating the release of Christopher Pine tape was very eye-opening. So the news reporters I've spoken to have started to notice this as well. One of them described the late night programming on the network as uh, as Frankenstein's monster that comes out after 7 o'clock. So watch this space. What's number three, Lane? 
So number three is uh, I'm sure we all saw a lot of fuss about Medicare cards and, and security and e- e-health records last week. And so what that all came from was a Guardian Australia investigation about a seller on the dark net who claims to have the details of any Australian's Medicare card and is selling them for less than 30 Australian dollars. So to verify that the Medicare details this, this seller claims to have were actually real, reporter Paul Farrell provided his own name and date of birth and successfully bought his own Medicare card details from the seller. So this is a big deal because if someone has your Medicare card details, for instance, an organised crime group, (laughs) they could produce fake Medicare cards that have real people's information on them and then those could be used for identity fraud. So Human Services Minister Alan Tudge referred the breach to the Australian Federal Police and he also said that it was uh, more likely to be traditional criminal activity rather than a cyber security breach. And then on Monday... Tudge and the Minister for Health, Greg Hunt, commissioned a review of how health providers access Medicare card numbers. So in the wake of this Guardian story, uh, the government will be looking into that. Um, So anyway, Mark, the bad news is that our Medicare card details are potentially being sold to organised crime gangs on the dark net. It's it's pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, But the good news is that the man who broke this story, Paul Farrell, is actually moving to BuzzFeed next month. Hooray! He's joining us as a senior reporter. So it's uh, swings and roundabouts (laughs) on number three of the Fast Five, I'd say. And back to you, Mark. What's number four? (laughs) Number four. Oh, welcome, Paul Farrell. But number four on the the Fast Five of this special edition of the podcast, I want to talk about Malcolm Turnbull's recent trip overseas. He's just been... A couple of days uh, over in Europe and I want to differentiate between this one and the next one that we're going to be talking about by just talking about what Malcolm Turnbull actually did while he was there. Firstly, he went to Germany for the G20 where by all reports he was quite well liked and not only did Malcolm get a ride in the Beast which is the car of uh, Donald Trump with his wife Lucy Turnbull but then he gets a trip to Paris with the President Emmanuel Macron in his jet. So there Malcolm Turnbull being very, very popular. There was definitely a bromance going on, though, between Macron and Turnbull. Policy-wise, though, one thing to keep an eye on, uh, Malcolm Turnbull is really leading a global push um, on the encryption debate. So that's the stuff that we've been talking about recently with regards to WhatsApp and Signal and iMessage and whether authorities um, get a chance to crack the messaging apps. And uh, there's actually a second bit of policy I will talk about. The other one is um, he has really been on the front lines on the North Korea debate, urging China um, to do more to curb the situation. And then Turnbull also goes to meet the Queen in the UK and Theresa May, but it was very awkward seeing Australia's Chief Republican, Malcolm Turnbull, and he poured some cold water on the awkwardness um, of the whole thing um, when he was standing across from Queen Elizabeth saying that you can be both a Republican and an Elizabethan. Good on you, Mal. Good save, mate. And the final one for this podcast, Lane Sainty, what have you got? So the final one is is connected, um, and it's the the ongoing stoush between Tony Abbott and Malcolm Turnbull. And it, it, you know this naturally picks up from from what you were saying about Turnbull being out of the country. So while he was in the UK, Turnbull was awarded th- this prize called the Disraeli Prize by a UK think tank, Policy Exchange. And in his address at at this event, he spoke a lot about the Liberal Party founder Robert Menzies and how Menzies never intended the Liberal Party to be a conservative party, but rather a centrist party. So some of the things uh, Turnbull said in this speech where he said political labels are meaningless in the age of social media and he said that the sensible centre and and nodded to Tony Abbott as it being Abbott's phrase was the place to be in the time of Menzies and is still the place to be now. 
So, of course, these comments got picked up in, in the media back here in Australia in the context of the ongoing sniping from Tony Abbott towards Malcolm Turnbull. And the, the papers the day after Turnbull gave this speech had the headlines, we're not conservatives. <laughs> and it was, you know, roundly seen as a, as a hit back at the conservative wing of the Liberal Party, who, as, as we all know, are not the biggest fan of Turnbull as leader. And then in a weird turn of events, Mark, prominent conservative Erica Betts actually jumped to Turnbull's defence mm. and he said that Turnbull's words in the speech had been spun by the hysterical media. Um, and this all comes after a bizarre moment last week where Turnbull actually declined to name Tony Abbott in an interview. And that led to a lot of jokes about he who must not be named from Harry Potter and ended in Tanya Plibersek actually calling Tony Abbott the Lord Voldemort of the Liberal Party. Lol, lol, lol. And that's where we are. <laughs> And I understand you're a fan of that analogy, Mark. Look, I'm a big fan of uh, the read another book crowd on political Twitter, which is, you know, the the terrible uh, comparisons between politicians and Harry Potter. There yep. are other comparisons with other figures of literature. <laughs> but I just think that in this case, Tanya Plibersek nailed the analogy. But you mm. didn't like it. I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was terrible. That's all we've got time for in this very quick edition of the podcast, keeping you up to date with what's going on in the depths of winter in Australian politics. We probably shouldn't have let Alice go away um, because there's so much going on, but uh, there will be a season two of Is It On? So please stay tuned. And at this point of the podcast, usually Alice asks me whether uh, Is It On? But this time I get to ask you, Lane. I don't even know if you've prepared anything. Do you think... It's on? Um, my incredibly considered response here, Mark, <laughs> is that it is 63% on. Why 63%? What's the 37% that you're leaving as a buffer? That's the doubt that it is on. <laughs> okay, so go to buzzfeed.com slash is it on or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and a review. Those ratings and reviews help um, people find the podcast. But please, we do want to hear from you. I'm Mark, um, at Mark DeSteff on Twitter. Lane is at Lane Sainty on Twitter. And uh, until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mm-hmm.